Hello, everybody. So, I guess this will be the part where I finally get to join into the conversation. I'm Nicole, the older sister, and I too will be shedding some light onto the topic of my own parentification and also work backwards through the decades of our upbringing that up until recently, into my adulthood, did I finally come to the realization that it was anything but normal. So I actually did have the intention of getting into this podcast weeks ago, but surprisingly, as I started saying aloud my introduction and going into details about our current situation, I realized that I simply was not ready at all to speak my thoughts aloud. I had written things down, I had prepped things, and it seemed so much easier to get all those thoughts onto paper than it was actually saying them out loud. At least in my case, it seemed that way. Unfortunately, it did become a huge trigger, and I pretty much had the past few weeks going into the holiday season full of anxiety, sadness, and it was just an emotional overload. And as Sarah also mentioned, maybe the timing was off. Going into the holiday season is hard enough on everybody. It's too chaotic. And for various reasons, I thought maybe just give it some time. So be patient with me, uh, as I too am trying to get on this very rocky road to recovering from my own parentification and the trauma that was along the way with it. So a little bit about me. I am 44 years old. I was born and raised in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. Up until my early 20s, when I landed myself a job working aboard uh, cruise ships, and I spent the following five years traveling the globe and working abroad. That little phase in my life pretty much changed my entire course and landed me in love, married, and living in Greece, where I've been residing for the last 18 years. As I said, I am married. I have two amazing bilingual teens who also speak English and Greek fluently. And to be honest, I have lived a life anything but ordinary. I am a self-proclaimed gym rat, a rowing enthusiast, a certified personal trainer, a fitness coach, a strength and conditioning coach, and as well as a nutritionist. So, what brought us to the point that we are here at today? My sister, Sarah, only recently introduced me to the term of parentification. And boy, did it hit home. I'd actually never heard of the term before. But I definitely did read up on it and recognized all of those telltale signs that pointed at my entire experience growing up. Being the older sibling constantly taking on the role of parent and caregiver. I strongly believe, and I'm not a mental health professional at all, that taking on that role as a child has certainly resulted in so many of my own personal behavioral patterns as an adult. I'm ridiculously organized, which can be a good thing, right? And I'm also very overprotective, period. I always have been. Uh, and especially of Sarah. I mean, she was my little sister, and I recall in high school that it was pretty common knowledge that nobody ever messed with Nicole's little sister. She was everything that I was always making sure that 
she was okay. Nothing bad was going to happen to her. And those that do know us, they know of an intense, unbreakable bond that we share between us. It doesn't matter that, you know, we're both halfway across the globe from one another and we speak on a daily basis. Um, she is my world. And I understand now that as an adult, I definitely took on that role as protector, guardian, and parent, probably because we both lacked that role in our lives of having someone to protect us, guide us, and basically parent. So, as Sarah asked before, how did we get here? Both of us have our own reasons and timeline as to why we are both currently no contact with our parents. And although this situation has been years in the making, and decades of a toxic cycle with our parents, I personally started finally putting up my barriers and stopped trying to change two people that simply do not want to be part of a family unit, nor accept any form of accountability to all the hurt and the trauma and lies that they've created and that they've caused us over so many years. When I became a mom myself, I started realizing how much our own upbringing was so wrong in so many ways. As I said, I mean, I have two teens. My son is 14, my daughter is 17. So I noticed that while I was navigating these crazy waters of raising teens, I mean, I also caught myself reflecting back on my own childhood and all those experiences during that age, especially with my daughter. I mean, we've made a very great relationship between the two of us, and I reflect back on my own during that era. But this time, I was looking back at my childhood and my teenage self from the perspective of a parent, a mom, and basically just an overall responsible adult. And as, I hear, as I'm here raising my kids and trying to guide them into adulthood, I realized that our upbringing was anything but normal or healthy. I mean, I guess, I think we were just programmed to believe that all those experiences we went through was the norm, you know, we shouldn't be complaining or moaning and, you know, everyone's lives were like this. It's hard. I mean, I, uh, I think of my 16 year old self, you know, that kid that needs guidance, advice. I mean, every 16 year old's going to make their mistakes and, you know, have their time. But, you know, you need guidance, advice, and most of all, you need parents. I mean, I definitely needed that. I didn't need just company to hang out with and party with and to live vicariously through. You know, that, that's how I see it now, that my parents were constantly doing that. As a, instead of being a parent and a role model and somebody to guide me during that time, it was fill my house with friends and party and substances and all sorts of things it was like you know they were trying to relive all these years that who knows did they lose or they were just clinging on to it was like they were just trying to live through me and myself but so these uh, last few years pretty much uh, woke up some very deep feelings of resentment sadness anger as we work through the history of all of this I will shed a lot of light onto this point. I remember when my daughter was around nine or 10, Sarah hadn't had children yet. 
I remember telling her that uh, so many emotions and memories of her own childhood had started to like creep up to the surface and arise from after I had become a parent myself. It opened up uh, some very painful thoughts and all those like repressed memories basically just came flooding through. So going back to the holidays, holidays are just plain triggering for me. Sadness and jealousy tend to creep up on me. I mean, I watch friends plan their celebrations and visits with family and parents. And being an expat and halfway around the globe is, is pretty difficult in itself um, during the holidays. I have a lot of expat friends as well. But, you know, kind of always gets me when I hear about their visits and time spent with grandma and grandpa and memories created with the kids. I mean, even just simple video calls and, you know, being a part of their lives, being a part of that family unit. It's really something that Sarah and I both missed out on growing up. We will touch base on that in a whole other episode. Fortunately, I am super grateful that I have an amazing family of in-laws, albeit they're loud, they're Greek, they're always up in your business. I mean, the movie really doesn't do it enough justice. I mean, if you've seen my Big Fat Greek Wedding, you marry one, you marry the family. That's definitely how it goes. But um, they are amazing, and I'm very fortunate to have them in my lives and celebrate the holidays with, so I will say there is that. Last year, I was already probably about a year into no contact with my parents. How did I get to that point, you might ask? And thinking back, the only contact that I really had with both my parents was when I would try to call them, message them. I mean, it was always done on my behalf. My parents rarely would call us to say hi or say hi to the grandkids or say, you know, what's going on? Is everybody okay? It was always a very one-sided, one-way road, and it was always done on our behalf. And, you know, repeated calls and messages would always go unanswered. And I finally just resorted to sending them a very long, concerning email, asking to why they simply had, like, withdrawn entirely from bothering with us, and they just stopped giving a damn about staying in touch. Those days, they turned into weeks and months. And finally, I just got so frustrated with the whole trying and trying that I just stopped reaching out to them entirely. I figured that maybe if I gave them a sense of their own actions, they would feel concerned enough to reach out and make contact. But uh, that never really happened. So, so last Christmas, I... Uh, I was going to try and hold my ground and, uh, as I, I mean, this might come off as sounding, you know, rude or whatnot or disrespectful as some people say, you know, they're your parents and whatnot. Um, I was really trying to hold my ground because I mean, I hadn't heard from my parents in over a year. Um, this is also going back to, I had gone back home from Greece to Canada for the summer for a surprise visit for my niece's birthday. I told my parents once I got there um, that I was in the country, in the province and everything. And 
<laughs> it was basically like I had told them that there was a sale on potatoes. Like they could care less. They didn't bother to come down. And in the two and a half weeks that I was at home, they didn't even make an attempt to come and see me anything, not a phone call or like, why are you here suddenly? Is anything okay? You know? So it was a very bittersweet trip home. And, uh, I left feeling probably more abandoned by my parents than I had in a really long time. So last Christmas, I'm sort of jumping back and forth here. Uh, I really did try to hold my ground that I wasn't going to call them because I wanted them to finally start making that effort into it. And I would wait for them. Um, unfortunately, I have been programmed to always feel guilty. Um, guilty for holding my, my ground. Guilty for standing up for myself. Um guilty of other people's emotions. What could they be thinking? Maybe I'm wrong. And unfortunately, uh, I caved and I did, uh, I did call them on Christmas. I mean, my emotions got the best of me and, uh, I felt that void and that like unwavering feeling of sadness and I phoned them. And unfortunately I immediately regretted the decision when my mom answered the phone, slurring every single sentence. And I mean, fine, it's the holidays. We all get into the spirits and we're going to celebrate and whatnot. Um, but knowing our history, uh, her being three sheets to the wind, let's say, was the least of my concerns. It was the whole demeanor, like, nothing was wrong. Like, Hey, how's it going? Oh yeah. Merry Christmas. Um, just, you know, not a year and a half, two years had passed by. I went home. You didn't bother to come and see me. Nothing. It was like, you know, we were this big, happy family unit. Nothing's changed and everything is just as it should be. Um, it was super infuriating to be drowning in that like sea of emotion and just have your parents blow it off like nothing's changed. So this year I didn't make the same mistake. I did not call. Um, however, this year kind of hurt even more. Um, we have been through the ringer this year with my parents. Um, my parents had had a major uh, conflict and blowout between the two of them uh, in the springtime. And my dad was the one that reached out uh, and dragged both of us back into the clutches of sympathy and into their toxic lifestyle um, after this big argument with mom. Uh, I mean, it would got into being police involved. My parents separated. My dad was living out of his truck. Um, on the road because my mom wouldn't have him come in the house. Uh, we will go into that later on. But during those months, uh, I mean, he would call crying with a sad pity story every day. And I fell for it. Sarah fell for it. And day after day, despite time zone differences, here I was, you know, absolutely ready to be there for him, give him advice emotional support, whatever he really needed at the time. 
I uh, even opened up the option for him to come and stay with us in Greece. Uh, I really fell into a pit of depression and anxiety. I mean, I tried relentlessly to get a hold of my mom as well during this time because, I mean, there's always two sides to every story. Um, I tend to lean towards my dad, um, knowing my mom's history and her fabrications of the truth are also very far-fetched. Um, but I, we did definitely try to reach out to my mom. Uh, we got to the point where we actually had to have the police get involved to reach my mom because she wouldn't answer phone calls. She wouldn't answer messages and it resulted us basically having to get somebody to check up to make sure she was okay. Uh, It's pretty bad that I actually kind of hoped my parents were going to separate for good during that time. I mean, that's horrible to say, but uh, it's kind of the feeling that first came to mind. Like maybe if they do that, they will break that toxic need to feed off of each other and get their shit together, let's say. I mean, it's bad to say, but that's definitely a thought that had popped into my mind. But during these moments of crisis, I mean, it's always when I let my guard down. I let my dad flood those gates with their lies, their toxicity, and everything, and the drama. And uh, throughout it all, I think the only somewhat form of closure that I got, I don't think I you call it closure, I mean, maybe... Maybe a sense of relief. I mean, closure, I'm nowhere near there. Uh, maybe a sense of relief was that my dad admittedly open, like openly admitted to their years of substance abuse. I mean, it was something that I had suspected had worsened over the past few years. Like I saw them pulling back and, you know, really avoiding contact with people. The few times my mom would answer the phone, I mean... I've grown up with this all my life. I could sense my mom was out there. I mean, she was on a different level. You know, she was either with us or she was not. You could tell in her type of speech patterns. The few times she would answer a video call, I could see, you know, straight into her eyes and stuff, that things were definitely not healthy for two 70-year-old seniors. Um, so, I mean, my dad... Definitely, while he was at that low, he unknowingly let a lot of skeletons come flying out of the closet from admissions of overdose, drug use, alcohol, I mean, the company that they were keeping, um, and then some very other very painful and dark tales of betrayal that go far back into my childhood. I mean, I'll go into that later on when I'm ready, um, but uh, it was definitely a lot to process. As I said, you don't have to live under the same roof to understand the change in someone's lifestyle. I mean, patterns and history tend to repeat themselves. Sarah and I have both lived with substance abuse all for so long. I definitely noticed a change in their behavior, as I said, over the past years. Um, when they became really reclusive and stopped contact, there was always an excuse to why they couldn't talk. 
And I called them out on the behavior years ago when I'd sent them that email. And, you know, I thought about how I was going to word it. And I really did focus uh, all of it on my concern for their well-being, why they weren't keeping in touch, why they were never making an attempt to be like a part of our lives. You know, their grandchildren are growing up. I mean, my daughter's going to go to university next year. Um, my son is going into high school. They know nothing about them. Um, my sister has two young girls, one whom is two and a half, and they haven't even met. Like, how sad is that? Anyways, I, you know, I sent them this email. I tried to sort of pull, like, you know, the emotional, like, you know, we want you to be a part of our lives. The kids need you in your lives. They need grandparents. You know, like, what's going on with you? What's with the distance? What's with all these excuses that are being made that you can't be a functioning part of this family unit, despite our, you know, distances between us? I mean, technology has allowed us to make video calls every day. Um, I play with Facebook filters with my four-year-old niece on a daily basis. I mean, there's so many opportunities there. And unfortunately, that email just fell on deaf ears and was simply ignored, never acknowledged, and never spoken of. And despite Sarah and I being here for dad during this big, giant, poor me phase, despite losing endless nights of sleep, despite getting sick with worry and anxiety, after a while, he crawled back into their same old toxic cycle and dropped off the face of the earth. No Christmas phone call, no greetings to the grandkids, nothing. Just crawled back into the hole like nothing happened. They both tend to use this tactic. I mean, don't acknowledge anything, especially when you get called out on it. Hide from the truth. And we'll just wait until one of us finally caves and calls. And then we pretend like we're just one big happy family and nothing has happened. You know, it's kind of like waiting for the storm to blow over. And then you finally poke your head out. Unfortunately for me, um, this time I'm not sure if there's any going back. Um, I don't know if it's finally just coming to the acceptance that you come to a point in life that you realize you can't change people as much as I want to. I mean, as much as Sarah and I both will thrive all of our life, like, you know, to want to have that family unit, to want to have the grandparents that, you know, are proud of their kids and grandkids and being apart and making memories. I mean, I think it's just coming to the sad acceptance that you can't change people if they don't want to. Um, too much trauma has really surfaced. I mean, as I said, I had some suspicions growing up um, for many years. I had some random, I don't know how to say it. I mean, flashbacks, um, some very repressed memories going into early childhood. Um, and those were confirmed at 43 years old. And, uh, instead of them being responsible and having that conversation and addressing a very serious situation, they both went into hiding just to thrive off of each other and their toxic selves.
So yeah, estranging yourself from a parent is really painful. I mean, it's not uh, some overnight decision that's made because you're pissed off at your folks and, you know, you've had a big fight or whatever, and you say, I'm never talking to you again. I mean, this decision, um, it has taken years, years of lies and betrayal, years of hoping that things would change, years of longing for some sort of connection, years of wanting parental figures, years of wanting advice, guidance, grandparents to acknowledge their own grandkids. Years of explaining to your own children why there's such a distance between their grandparents and them. Years of being put in danger as a child. Years of being denied any form of relationship with them or even extended family, which we'll go into it in a later episode on how they had really alienated us. And now I understand why. Um, from much of our extended family. Years of addiction, years of identity theft, years of abuse, years of neglect, years of abandonment. These words were really hard to say out loud at 44, but this is the reality that we lived. So when Sarah came up with this idea of uh, creating the podcast, uh, maybe it's a way to deal with our trauma, our grief, our experiences, you know, sort of get things off our chest. Um, I hope it's a way to create a community of others as well that may be sharing similar experiences. Um, Going through all of those emotions of anger and sadness and, you know, why, and grief. There's, um, there's one emotion that I definitely feel um, a lot of lately. Um, grief. I mean, it's like living grief. I'm, uh, I'm grieving for parents that are still physically on this earth, but mentally and emotionally, they have checked out and departed long ago. It's really, really hard to explain. Um, my best friend lost her father this year. Um, he was an amazing man, Ken. Um, he was the epitome of a father role model. Amazing man, super supportive of his family, his kids, his grandkids, emotions, guidance, financial, everything. I mean, he was there like you want that dad to be in there and show you along the way. These are the stepping stones into adulthood. Ken was definitely the dude to do it. Um, he often gave me a lot of guidance and words of wisdom when, when I needed it. And unfortunately, when he passed on, I could feel my best friend's pain and sorrow as if it was my own loss of a parent, loss of that sense of security that you're supposed to feel when it feels like that world's coming down on you. Grief, mourning, mourning that relationship that was lost, or I guess the one that never will be. So I'm not going to go into all these super sad, depressing tales of our childhood. I mean, there are <laughs> much more. Believe me, there's going to be moments of absolute insanity that will make you question how, how both of us 
pretty much became fairly normal functioning members of society. And the amount of strength and courage that it took to break this cycle. Some moments are so far out there, I really only started questioning the logic of them recently into my adulthood. As while we were children, I think we were just programmed to believe that that was normal back then. Holy crap, now going back, like I realized that was so far from it. Anyways, uh, I hope this can give some sort of form of support for anyone that's going through something similar uh, and dealing with similar challenges that as difficult it is, um, there is a way to break the cycle and uh, move forward in life. So that's it for me. I thought I would finally have the opportunity to uh, get through my intro without breaking down in a full-on anxiety attack or crying for whatever reason. As I said, be patient with me. Uh, this is all new and uh, we will touch base on a lot of other topics as uh, we progress. That's it for me. It is about eight o'clock at night in Greece right now. So I am going to sign off now and uh, wish you all a good afternoon or morning, whatever it is. We'll chat again next time. Hey, thanks for listening today. You can listen to Parentified Podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. You can also check out our Instagram at Parentified Podcast. Feel free to subscribe, share, rate, or reach out with questions and suggestions for further episodes. Talk to you next time.